0: You are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. I love teaching the underlying mechanisms behind autoimmunity and chronic disease. For more information, visit our website at www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com where you can find show notes, you can find supplements, labs, my YouTube library, articles, and more. Today's episode is about how to eat When you have autoimmunity, one of the most popular topics because so many people with autoimmune have realized that foods do play a role with their symptoms or their flares or their severity, but they don't know exactly what to eat or how to eat and there's plans out there and etc. Um, leave us a rating and a review from this show if you are so inclined. Uh, that's really, really helpful. So again, I say this at the beginning of every episode, but I want to change it up a little bit, not say the same thing every time. But people are out there looking for info like this, and especially this episode. Everybody you know Has probably Googled a question similar to this: of How do I eat when I have X, Y, or Z condition? Whether it be headaches or fatigue or bloating or Hashimoto's, but everybody out there is looking for ways to eat and how to eat better. and And today's goal is to just talk about some of the strategies. It's not full of recipes. There's a million of those out there. It's not full of books. You know, there's it's not a book. There's millions of those out there. But it's more of this conceptual thing of how do you make this put this into action in your life so share this with somebody leave us a comment a rating five star rating a review a review is really really helpful all of those things are really helpful so I kind of already st- jumped into it but the the today's topic is how to eat when you have, autoimmunity. So this is kind of piggybacking off of our last couple episodes. We had one about food sensitivities, talked about the most common food sensitivities, food sensitivity testing, etc. Then the last episode was about gluten. So today is about how do you tie all this together and how do you eat when you have autoimmunity? Meaning like short-term, long-term, like how should everybody be eating no matter where they're at in their autoimmune journey? The purpose of today's episode, again, I'm not going to give you like step-by-step instructions on how to follow AIP. If you want to do that, go out and buy the AIP book. You know, there's tons of resources for that. There's entire podcasts dedicated to just AIP. There's entire, you know, Instagram channels and certainly Pinterest boards and stuff. There's tons of info out there. But what I see clinically is people who, you know, they have all the books, but they still don't know how it works for them or their reintroduction, or they've followed something like AIP. I've seen, you know, dozens of people who've stuck to AIP religiously for like over a year, and it didn't help them resolve their issues. Or it probably helped. I mean, I'm sure it helped, but it didn't resolve their issues. So how do you know and when do you make changes and things like that? How does this work for for patients? So... That's the purpose of today's episode. So with food sensitivities, just to go back to that, you know, first off, go back two episodes ago if you want to know more, but that's kind of the purpose of this is you can do labs and they will show you your food sensitivities. Like for example, I just went over a foods test with my mom and it was like, okay, gluten dairy eggs, eggs were a big one um but those ones are obvious but then it was like avocado, blueberry, food coloring and they had a lot of questions about me and my parents about well these are the foods that I eat all the time and if I eat other foods am I just going to develop sensitivities to those and they're all really 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 good questions but that's and I'm not going to answer them all right here but um that's the point is that the these diets are eliminating what are your potential food triggers. So all of these diets that I'm going to go through, there are different versions of what's called an elimination provocation diet. So how to eat for paleo often starts with an elimination or provocation diet. Uh, Wait, did I just say? I said how to eat when you have autoimmunity. Now, I think that I said how to eat when you have paleo maybe, but I think what I was thinking of is paleo is a great place for people with autoimmunity to wind up. So if you have had autoimmunity for ten years and you are just wanting to know like where can I what what should I eat, paleo is a great place to wind up. And I like that a lot because paleo is not only a great diet, it's it's, you know, grain free, dairy free, processed free, uh, all those things, real food, et cetera. But it's also it's very, very, very easy search term. So If you type in paleo breakfast, paleo smoothie, paleo lunch, paleo kid snack, that's a great place to wind up. But with autoimmunity, a lot of times it's an elimination provocation diet, meaning you eliminate a food for a certain amount of time, let's say eggs, for a certain amount of time, let's say four weeks or 30 days, and then you provoke the body by eating eggs And see how you feel. See if your autoimmune symptoms return. See if you have new symptoms. See if you have joint pain or headaches or brain fog or a stomach ache or symptoms. Now, one of the things that I want to touch on is that symptoms are a great way of measuring where you're at, but foods don't always equal symptoms. So if you eat blueberries and you don't have a symptom, but they've shown up on your sensitivity test, I would still recommend eliminating them. But again, we're looking for things that flare your s- symptoms so that we can know for sure that they're triggering inflammation. There are other mechanisms of food-mediated Inflammation. There's lectins, which we're going to talk about. There's uh, mast cells and histamine, which can lead to very intense food reactions that aren't the same. So, anyway, I'm digressing a little bit, but elimination and provocation diets. Um, and so, there's a couple versions of that. So, I'm going to explain some of these, explain the differences. But then, what I'm going to do is talk about this concept that I've come up with, called the Ten Steps of Autoimmune Eating, which is nothing fancy, is nothing new. It's just how do you make that? How, how does this work for patients? How, how do you do, you know, how do you transition from AIP back to normal life? Or how do you transition from like somebody that's gluten dairy free, but then you want them to go AIP, but then they're going to come back down out of AIP? There's, there's a ton to this. So let's jump right into some of these plans. So the first one I want to start with is an elimination diet. Now, there's many versions of that. And I just talked about, you know, what that means and the provocation. But the one that I use is from the Institute for Functional Medicine. So, you know, like currently I can think of at least one person that I can think of that's on this diet. She has Hashimoto's. and And I just gave her some options. And based on where she was at in her life, I thought that autoimmune paleo was a little aggressive, meaning like I think that she could benefit from it, but it would have been uh, quite the the shock to her. So this IFM elimination diet, it eliminates gluten, so not all grains. It eliminates gluten-containing grains. So like rice and quinoa are still allowed on it, which I'm not crazy about. But again, it's 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 a reality of like where are people at? Um, and if they're coming from standard American diet or they're not already gluten-free, grain-free can be quite the shock. Gluten-free can be kind of a transition for them. So it is gluten-free. It is dairy-free. It is egg-free. Um, it's soy-free. It's processed-free. It's actually... Um, caffeine-free, alcohol-free, and they encourage you to eliminate red meat as well. So so some of the things on the IFM plan that are eliminated. And I'm not sure if I nailed all of them. I'm pretty sure I did. But again, what we provide patients with, if they're going to go through this, is there's a comprehensive guide. There's an ebook that's short. It's maybe 30 pages, but it explains the concepts. But then we give them foods lists. We give them recipes. And there's also some guidance on reintroduction and things like that too. So that is one of these elimination provocation diets. And again, I'm just going through them uh, 30,000 feet. And then talking about this 10 steps of autoimmune eating, because I feel like that's the best way of putting this all together. So that's one option. Another option is a Whole30. Very, very popular and really, really, you know, game changer for thrusting this into the limelight of, of you know, modern culture. You know, not necessarily now, but... Three, four years ago, Whole30 was the most popular diet in America, Um, and it's still wildly, wildly popular. Hundreds of thousands of people have gone through Whole30, and it's an elimination diet. So it's a paleo-based elimination diet. It eliminates all grains, all dairy, all processed foods, and even goes so far as to do things like uh, uh, legumes. Um, which we're going to talk about with AIP, but uh, alcohol and some other things. The other thing about Whole30 is the, the point is that it's 30 days. And it's not as much of a reintroduction. It's not as much of an autoimmune design. It's more designed of like a cleanse, I would say. But the Whole30 book, I just had a patient text me today about something, her relationship with food. I said, you need to get the Whole30 book because it's amazing for changing the way that people think about their food. So I think that Whole30 has done more for people just kind of connecting these dots conceptually. The meal plan is really good. But then again, there's a ton of search terms. There's a ton of, you know, you could search Whole30 recipes. There's entire Instagram accounts. There's entire podcast dedicated to Whole30. But it's another popular elimination provocation diet where for 30 days, you're cutting out these foods. The last one that I want to talk about and spend the most time on is autoimmune paleo because, you know, obviously for this podcast... Being the autoimmune doc podcast, it's the one that most people have maybe heard of, or have at least been familiar with, and have maybe even you know dabbled with, or have looked into. I would say that AIP is is restrictive. It is you know I had somebody in today. She's not a patient. She said, "Oh, this doc put me on this diet. It was gluten free, dairy free, sugar free. But who could live like that?" And I said, well, "What?" You know, we kind of got there's kind of some tension there for a sec because I see people all the time that can do this, so it's totally doable. But again, AIP is the most restrictive of all these options. So, autoimmune paleo, what that is a very popular provocation elimination uh, diet that again it eliminates the most problematic triggers for autoimmune. And again, with AIP, there's way more that goes into this. So, the books that you need to get. Um, are books by Dr. Sarah Ballantyne and by Mickey Trescott. They're really, really good. I also have a whole video on YouTube just talking about the, the basics of AIP. So go to that video. I'll link it in the show notes. There's slides. There's different things that talk about what foods are eliminated. And then it talks about reintroducing the foods in stages. So that's probably the biggest thing with AIP is that it eliminates certain foods. So it eliminates grains, all grains, all dairy, eggs, nuts, seeds, legumes, nightshades, lectins, all these things are taken into consideration, alcohol, caffeine, all possible triggers. So you're eliminating those for a period of time, but then you're starting to reintroduce. And so again with whole 30 and with AIP, the lectins can be a big problem for some people, but for some people starting to pull out healthy, whole, real foods like tomatoes, they, they can't wrap their head around that. They they think in their heads that tomato still very healthy, cucumber still very healthy, um, bell peppers are still very healthy. So, lectins are kind of the highest level of this. But then things are reintroduced. So, in stage one, you're reintroducing things like egg yolks, uh, legumes with edible pods, so snap peas, things like that. You're starting to add ghee, um, and then nut and seed oils, starting to get some of the good fats in the form of oils. The, the, um, stage two, then you're starting to do nuts, seeds, with the exception of a couple. Chocolate, then egg whites, then butter, and then you can do alcohol. Then you Then you continue. Then the next stage, you start adding more um nightshades back in sweet peppers, eggplant, paprika. You start adding in a little bit more dairy if that's the direction that you're going to go. Stage 4 again, you know, white rice, potatoes, soaked legumes, other grains. So it de- kind of depends on where you want to end up because for me again, I like for people to wind up paleo, which is grain-free and dairy-free. So just wrap your head around the fact that p- white rice is is not on your menu then you're not anxious to get it reintroduced or just you know, wrap your head around the fact that grass-fed dairy, even though it's high-quality dairy, is just not going to be on your menu. That's my recommendation. So there are some, some different nuances here. Um, and, and again, I think that eating for autoimmunity, I want to throw this out there that, again, there's a ton of resources. So I'm not telling you, hey, you can eat this, you can eat that. But all of these meal plans, what they do include, uh, grass-fed organic meats or quality proteins, let's say, wild-caught salmon, organic free-range chicken, grass-fed beef on many of these plants, lamb, bison, organ meats, uh, and many, 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 many vegetables. So there's a ton of things that you can eat. And again, I think that a lot of people, they hear about how to eat for autoimmune, they're like, well, what can I eat? And it's like, that, that's, that's the worst question because there's a million things. And the food is delicious. And again, go to the internet and type in AIP breakfast. AIP smoothie, AIP salad, AIP snack. There's thousands and thousands of people that have done this. So use their information. That's not my goal with this podcast is to give you a bunch of good recipes. There's tons of them out there. But a lot of these things you can eat many many vegetables, a high variety of fibers. Uh, with an elimination diet and with autoimmunity, it is very 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 important that you have a high variety. That is probably the most important thing is a high variety of real foods. So vegetable variety, uh, protein variety, fat variety, that is the number one thing to maintain immune system tolerance. So you do not want to get pigeonholed to where you're only eating the same six foods over and over. That can make your autoimmunity worse. That can make your loss of oral tolerance worse. So you don't want to just eliminate and then get stuck on the same six or 10 foods, you want to eliminate the hard ones and then choose from this smorgasbord of, of ideas and recipes and things that are out there of what you can eat. Most fruits are okay on AIP. Most good fats are okay. Some of them you have to start without having them and then you can reintroduce them. But most of these things should be involved. While we're talking about AIP, I'll just hammer a couple more things. Uh, you can bake with arrowroot flour, tapioca flour, coconut flour. You can use maple syrup, coconut sugar, local raw honey for sweeteners. Um You can use a lot of different spices. You can use some, some you can't, but turmeric, cinnamon, bay leaves, ground ginger, cloves, thyme, rosemary, sage, basil, oregano, sea salt. You know, you can use all of those and wrapping your head around this and then just buying a cookbook and going from there. And the recipes, again, are amazing. So that's AIP. And those are some of the most popular elimination diets. But what I want to talk about last is this 10 steps of autoimmune eating that's something that I came up with that, again, is not rocket science, right? Um, and again, some of the resources out there that I want to give credit to Sarah Ballantyne, Mickey Trescott, Datis Karazian, my mentor. Um, but other people you know who've who've gone before me and done a lot of this work but again how do you make this work in real life or let's say you're not going to follow AIP exactly by the book and reintroduce in stages how does this work or for somebody who has autoimmune for 10 years and they 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 notice that they should be gluten and dairy free but they don't necessarily notice anything with nightshades or lectins How can we try this and then come back down? So these 10 steps, it's easier when you see it in front of you, um, but we do have a a graphic for this. But so step one, steps one through three are, are the baseline, the foundation. And for anybody listening to this podcast, for anybody out there, the point is, is that you might be at the ground floor right now, but where you should maintain is at least at step four, if you have autoimmunity. So step one. Is eliminating processed foods. Step two is eliminating refined sugars. And step three is eliminating pesticides and GMOs. We call steps one through three just clean eating. Most people listening to this podcast, if you're not already taking those things into consideration, hit stop right now and just go work on your clean diet, your real food, anti-inflammatory diet. Don't worry about gluten. Don't worry about dairy. Just eat real food. And that's a huge start for most people in today's world. Step four, five, six, and seven are what we would call paleo. And there's different levels of of, of this. Again, so paleo would be full-blown step seven, but let's say somebody was just going to be gluten-free. That's step number four. So again, step number four is gluten-free. Step number five is dairy-free. Step number six is soy-free. And step number seven is other grains. So again, for most people where I said where I would want them to wind up with autoimmunity is at step number seven is paleo. Or what we tell our patients too is, I don't care if you're paleo-ish. Meaning the right answer that's out there for how much gluten should you ever eat is zero, right? And the right I always tell patients is the right answer for how many cigarettes you should smoke in your life is zero, right? That's the correct answer. But can you have one? Yeah. Can you have two? Yeah. I mean, there's some kind of, of, of line there and you don't want to find that line. But the point is paleo-ish, meaning if you have little kids, if you're going on vacation, if you're not paleo all the time, I don't think that you need to have a tremendous amount of guilt or shame for that. I think that that's just called real life. Um, Now, if your autoimmune is flared and you're currently symptomatic, then yeah, absolutely. But that's my point is paleo-ish. But the point of this is let's say that you're at step number five, which is gluten and dairy-free. So you're still doing rice. You're still doing quinoa. You're still doing gluten-free bread. You're still doing gluten-free wraps, but no dairy. But let's say that you have a flare Well, you can go up to step seven. For a period of time and eliminate all grains. So then you're going to cut out your gluten-free bread or your gluten-free pasta or your gluten-free tortilla wrap or your rice or your quinoa or your oatmeal because those can all cross react with gluten. So again, go back to last episode, go back to the episode before that if that sounds crazy to you, but you might cut out all grains and it might be for two weeks or three weeks, or four weeks while you are flared. And that's the point of the stair steps is you never want to come back down to the ground, but you don't have to spend all of your time up at steps 8, 9, or 10. So steps, again, four, five, six, and 7 are paleo. That's gluten, dairy, soy, and other grains. And then steps 8, 9, and 10 are those last three steps for AIP. Step number 8 is eggs. Step number nine is nightshades, which nightshades are, uh, uh, I didn't describe this very well, but nightshades are tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, uh, anything from the pepper family, so including paprika, um, those are, are nightshades. And then lectins, and nightshades are a big problem for a lot of people, and then lectins are a huge problem for a lot of people. And they're in a lot of legumes, a lot of nuts, a lot of seeds, some veggies, Um, things like, you know, cashews are high in lectins, um, um, different nuts, again, beans are, are high in lectins. So again, that's step number eight, nine, and ten. So step number eight is eggs. That one's a hard one for a lot of people because eggs are a superfood and they're, they're, they're low-carb and you get them from your local farmer and all these things that we think they're very, very healthy, and they are, but eggs are a very, very, very common autoimmune trigger and a very, very, very common food sensitivity. So that's why it's step number eight. Um, because it's a little bit harder to cut out than going straight paleo. Like on a, on a, um, a lot of paleo people, they need a ton of eggs. Um, but it can be very, very problematic. So 8, 9, and 10 eggs, nightshades, and lectins. So again, let me just talk about this conceptually. Let's say that you are paleo and you're doing good. And let's say something happens and your rheumatoid arthritis flares. But let's say you did AIP a year ago. You've been down that rabbit or that, been down that path. You know some of your triggers. Maybe you've done food sensitivity tests. You know some of your customized, personalized triggers, but you're flared. So maybe you move from step seven, you move up to step 10 for 30 days, and then you move back down to step seven. So that's not coming back to standard American diet. That's not coming back down to the ground floor. It's also not reintroducing things like dairy or gluten, but it's not having to live for the rest of your life with eggs, nightshades, or lectins. But for 30 days while you're flared, cut those out and then reintroduce those, provoke those and see if your RA flares again, if that flare goes down. If you remain flared, stay at step 10. But the point is, is that as autoimmunity improves, as gut dysbiosis improves, as leaky gut improves, as all these healing things, as the immune tolerance improves, as this keeps going, I don't think that you necessarily have to be at step 8, 9, or 10 for life. Again, where I like people to wind up is paleo-ish, meaning like, you know, I I say people, you know, 95-5, 95% paleo, 5% occasional slip. But if you're going to be 90-10 or 80-20 or whatever it is for you and your family, that is up to you, but paleo is a good place to wind up. So again, if this doesn't make sense, go and, and download the graphic because when you see these stairs, it makes sense to know that, hey, I can come up a stair and I don't have to stay there for 30 days just because Whole30 told me. If I start feeling better within 10 days, I can come back down a stair. If I start feeling worse, I can go back up two stairs. And if I don't feel any better, I can stay there or I can come back down. And the point is that in real life, your diet is dynamic and it doesn't have to be, you know, there is no book on, on you Um, the, the AIP is a great book and it has worked for many, 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 many thousands of people, but it also hasn't worked for some people as well. So it's not customized. It's not personalized. I believe that it is the best approach, but again, is it something that you have to stay there for the rest of your life or in six months, if things aren't changing, are you just, are you going to keep doing that? That sounds kind of crazy to me. I'm a fan of, Hey, we got to get progress. Um, and then we can start pulling back, but yeah, this 10 steps concept. So download the graphic, take a look. hope that makes sense. I'm going through this pretty quickly. This isn't necessarily everything of how to eat for autoimmunity, um, as far as the action steps or eat this tomorrow and eat this for breakfast and eat this for lunch. But it at least gives some groundwork and some conceptual framework, hopefully, for how you can manage your own autoimmune case. Now, what I want you to do is give me a comment. Let me know where you're at. Let me know: Are you gluten free? Are you dairy free? Are you able to reintroduce? Are you? Are there things that you've had to cut out, you know, for for life? Or what is your experience with this, Ben? Because anybody with autoimmunity or anybody with chronic health condition or symptoms. Um, has likely at least played around with their food and is at least aware that food has an impact on them. So it's an important question, and it's often the first question that people ask when they're diagnosed with autoimmune is what foods are triggering this or how can I eat to help manage this? All right, uh, the next episode is going to be, I actually think the next episode is going to be a wrap-up of some of the things that I've seen clinically this month. Um, But then the next series of episodes are all going to be about thyroid, autoimmunity, huge deal, huge thing that I see all the time, huge thing that I have. Um, So yeah, stay tuned and talk to you guys next time.